0: You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com
1: Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news.
2: Hey, it is Angie Austin with the good news. Angie Austin and friends, we've got the good news team here Eric Reamer, radio man and PR man. We've got Barbara Brooks. And Barbara, give us
3: uh, your uh, big event coming up. Yeah, March 21st to the 23rd com for especially designed for women over uh, 40 and 50. It's a business and lifestyle event. And Michelle, bets bet you're too young for that
2: one. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you, you look like 27. If you would In age, you would make me happy. Did you, say-, <laughs> Did you say utes? She's, she is in her 40s. It still blows me away. I can't believe it. it. 44. I'm not buying it. Oh, I Thank can't you. believe it. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle's Raymond. in real estate with Your Castle Real Estate. Is yes, that right? Yes. And Michelle Ron is here. I love it when Michelle Ron is uh, oh. home from Florida, her second home, because this is her true home, uh, Miss Senior America 2004. She speaks. You speak a lot,
4: don't you? I'm trying. God is good to allow me to do this, and I'm very thankful. And you, so m- I'm at just it. looking at Michelle, and she's, you all, in here are mere youngsters. It's so a, don't it's it's a room full
1: of beauty folks. Oh, don't you let go. any of them? The...
2: Don't you ever write <laughs> on your Facebook either senior, because then you will get the wrath of Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America two thousand four. <laughs> because... because she's gonna try to rename it Miss Experienced America. It, Come on now. Which I don't know, Michelle, if that sounds quite that. right, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she goes, I'm not i s I'm not old, I'm experienced Angie. Yep, you bet I'm very,
4: you very bet. experienced.
0: Love that, experience. <laughs> I
4: do, too. <laughs> Which one of those experiences do you want to hear about? Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. Oh, gosh.
2: Dave's got some great good news for us. I've got a favorite coming up, um, but he wants to start with an RN who saved a trooper's life. Give us the lowdown.
5: So this is super cool. Earlier in the week, we were talking about how M- Michelle says it a lot about how we, God puts us in the place with the people in that place with those people at the right time on, on purpose sure. every time. And this is exactly a perfect example of that, where um, this is, kind of starts out as a harsh story. It's, this is in South Carolina, and a state trooper's been shot, Ooh. and then the right person happens along.
6: Me and my wife were sitting there eating uh, supper, and we heard a siren outside.
4: These events played out Monday night in Elm City. It sounded to me like a, a
0: 45 caliber pistol. It was so loud. And it, I heard four or five shots or more. The tense moments that led to the shooting of Trooper Daniel Harrell.
6: So I came back in the house and I told my wife that it's something bad going on, I said I, I need to call 911. It was my normal day off.
0: Cherise Richardson was headed to Rocky Mount to pick up her toddler.
6: So I left the house about 515. I go some back, some country roads. So I was going around the curve, saw some blue lights, so I slowed down some more. Then I got out the car. That's when I seen the bullet hose in the windshield.
0: Richardson was on Bowview Road near Haynes.
6: So I got to the car and he was just had blood come from his face and I was like, oh my God, are you OK? And all I could hear him say was, "I'm hit, I'm hit," and I was like, "Like well, we need to get him the help," so I called 911.
0: Lucky for Trooper Harrell, she's a registered nurse.
6: He had some gauze or something in his car, so um, I did instruct the bystander to while I was on the phone with the EMS to put the pressure on his face.
0: Richardson waited until EMS arrived.
6: Just sitting here with a uh, somebody that what's supposed to, you know, serve and protect you, and he's down. You gotta, you gotta do something. I'm just very, very thankful. Um, I had him in my prayers. I feel like God put me there on that road for a reason. Amen.
5: Wow. Amen. So She was that. going Amen. down country roads on a different wow. way that she normally sure. goes in the middle of the afternoon, <sighs> yep. just out of nowhere, and suddenly happens upon the it one place where you chills. need a nurse. It right. gives Right, right. No
1: such thing as a coincidence.
4: That's right. It's a God wow. incident. It, yep. it, what is this Things a A
2: God yeah. incident. I like, I like calling it a God wink. The incident's so serious. But in this case, <laughs> I think God incident is yeah, right. That's appropriate. Yeah, yes. absolutely. No, this is like the major deal. Wow, That's pretty
4: cool, Very good, very good. And it happens all the time. Where's the media reporting on that one? We
2: got um, here as
1: quickly as we could.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think that that's why the good news where well, we've kept it going it's been you know kind of like a ministry for us just trying to share some of the good news stories that oftentimes get killed from the traditional news as we that's used right. to call it uh, you know kill the kicker which it, means kill it, the fun story get rid of the fun story from the news because we're out of time because there's too much boring chit chat mm-hmm. from the traffic guy if or you, or don't bleed,
1: you don't lead, you don't lead Mm. Yes, that, and they think be...
2: that that's what goes viral, but really people do want to hear the good news. Absolutely. I yeah. love finding every day. I look for good news stories and share them on my morning show too. Yes, Michelle, well, Ron, Miss Senior <laughs> America, two thousand four. And it
4: happens all the time, all the time. That um, we just need to be looking for it, looking for it. And I love when I first started with you. You sent us with an assignment every week.
2: I should keep doing every, that. Tell everybody it what really I did. It
4: really was for the first gosh forever and ever. Yes. You you would send us out to look for the good news, and in the we world. were to bring back yes, stories. it could be something that we saw. We should do that again. It would be something still that we read. To do that. Well, Every, I will.
1: I nominate uh, Michelle my to be notebook. the president of the Good News Club. <laughs> but. All those in I mean, favor, say can, aye. Yeah,
2: aye. Pre- ah be like the head good news reporter, the good news <laughs> right. correspondent. Because I it wasn't just like Eric looks for us, Eric Reamer looks for us, Eric, you find the good news like on the internet because you're like an internet guy. Well, but we also meant like go out in the world and come back with a story. And one of my favorites was the Michelle's like, Well I was just getting my McDonald's coffee. It's such a good deal. You know, it's like a dollar. And so I stopped and I said to the kid, Thank you so much for working, coming to work today. Working. And she then- just throw on an accent.
3: I know, I just heard it <laughs> It's that
6: that an experience. Yes. One oh, there You're we go. Like an, she, yeah. I told the
2: kid, "Thank you so much for coming." And she goes, "Oh, my mom made me come today." That's Exactly and, and, right. And Michelle yeah. would have a story every week of some person she
4: bumped into that she just started chatting with, she or thank them for working. I mean, that literally, really, I get the strangest responses from that, and I do every time I go through a, a drive-through window. I that they hand me my, I love, I love my coffee. And they hand me that and I just say, hey, thanks for working today. And it's amazing how people... I love that. It it is. Or you wave to that neighbor down the street that never waves back to you. Continue doing it. You thank the terrible server that you had at a restaurant but you thank them anyway
1: you know, it, 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 same, same kind of thing how
4: do you do that though eric like, thank you for the bad service that's
2: the worst service i've had all week thank no, you, you now you're reminding me, me, me what good service really is
1: if you can't find something positive to say mama always said <laughs> okay. don't say anything at all but here's the truth i wrote this uh, just about 20 hours it a ago poem uh, it no, a poem no, no oh, okay no it's just a <laughs> It's a post. I, I drive for uh, one of those rideshare companies, right? Oh, thank uh, yeah, you. If, yeah, I can lift. It's it's Lyft. Uh, that has to
2: be and,
3: interesting. And
1: I love
2: it. Those are I mean, stories. Good money because he's so friendly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I I do make good money, and I started a company training other me- drivers how to make better money than oh. they normally make. Oh wow! However, this you is what I find wrote. A I said, this morning I bought breakfast for one of my guests. She was completely blown away that I'd do any such thing. Have you ever treated your passengers to such a nice surprise? Mm-hmm. Now, I wrote that out there in, in the, the cyber world. And I got a buddy who sits there and says, so many questions. And I said, well, I'm waiting on the first one. <laughs> what is it? He goes, why?
4: Well, oh, to be wow. kind to others? That's exactly wow.
1: it. He's, he's like, well, why? And I, I said, all right, I'll buy it. Why not? Uh-huh. I said... If there must be a story, it is that consistently the fact that I like to be kind doesn't happen every time. However, but every time I do so, two things happen without fail. Number one, I get to make somebody's day.
3: Yeah,
2: that feels so good. And number
1: two, they reciprocate with a tip that outperforms my investment
2: (laughs) by a lot. Sure, right? Sure.
1: Uh, You know, and and here's the thing. My guest asked me to stop so that she could have breakfast. We went in. She said it was the best burrito in town. Huh. And I, Okay, now you got my attention. Right. Right? Because uh-huh. you got best burrito. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. So I go in. She says, I'll take the mini. And it looked bigger than any kind of pork roll that Chipotle ever put together. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what's the big one like? I'll take the mini as well.
4: Uh-huh.
1: I bought both of ours. And we got back in and I took her to work. Right? She smiled mm-hmm. from her toes. Oh.
3: Right? I
1: love it. My investment was $3.75. Yeah,
2: plus tax. And she yeah.
1: gave me a $25 <laughs> tip. Oh, wow. I, don't do, it. I
4: don't
3: do it
1: for the tip. No,
2: no I it know. Not, not there's at all.
1: something about kindness yes. that has a reciprocal factor.
4: And the and same it, when you it? look them in the eye or you smile, 99.9% yes. they're going to do the same you thing. You Yes. To. It's right. psychology. Exactly. It's a kindness out of Michelle Ron's eyes. But you yeah. You know, Raise also, and I miss. love John Wooden. John Wooden, Come basketball on. coach. Of I, the- I played for John. Oh. I played when
1: I was, a, like, a kid in, in the He's youth league. He's my oh, favorite. Oh, wow. yeah. Favorite. What does he say
4: that you like? But he would say... To in answer to the why, because it's the right thing, the to, right do. thing to do. Well, right I have to,
2: to say, because I just started this thing, my pastor was talking about what his son tells the grandkids uh, for being like, you know, you're uh, you know, you're know, a Smith and you're this, this and this. So I thought, well, what am I going to tell my kids? And I'm like, you're in Austin. I go, what does that mean? That means you're kind, you're encouraging to oh, others. I love that, that means you're honest. We don't lie. Yeah. And, you know, that means that you do the right thing. And so I've been bringing that it's up the to them. The legacy
3: of being an Austin. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I've been
2: bringing up to them uh, recently um, just about you know who you are, because I want it ingrained in them. And that we look out right. for lonely people. We find the lonely people in life. Right. Uh, you know, in, in school, there's a lot of those kids. And- Hope is the queen of that, Michelle. You know p- hope pretty well, yeah. And Michelle, uh, uh, hope is the queen of finding the kid with the goofy hair and the mismatched socks and the holes in her shoes, and saying, "You look lonely. Do you want to play?" Because they had at grade school a um, friendship, but what, what was it the called? Bench. Yeah, oh, it was yeah, a friendship bench. These. If you were left yeah. out, yeah. And yeah. then yeah. if you sat on that bench, then hope was like the mayor of going to the bench to find <laughs> the
3: left awesome. out kid. Love yeah, it. yeah. Uh, her yeah. name and should be on the bench. Yeah, right. It should it's be right. Bench. Yeah, the whole bench. <laughs> but yeah, I would also
4: say, even, <laughs> e- even though there's, <laughs> they're saying, I'm going to find the loneliest kid, we've been talking about suicide and depression.
3: Yeah.
4: So many suicides are the kids that you never yeah, would think. Never, guess. never would true. guess. From and they, yeah. they are the loneliest people ever. Well, so, you know,
3: and that's why I said on my post the other day, I left we were, it we at, at we the, the bottom. We were talking about suicide, and Barbara Brooks had brought up on Facebook. Yeah. That's why I invited her today, and I want you to keep coming back yes. and being part oh, of the team. Yes. Oh, I'm enjoying myself. Yes me this is great what I had said at the very ending was reach out to the strongest person you know because I'm not oh. the person I think
6: people I would have, have got to reach you. out right. to.
3: And I and I have to say that that's something we all have to remember. Just because Angie's walking around with a smile on her face and is the one that lights the room, doesn't mean she has issues or she has something going on that she'd like to have someone it, understand or really hear or listen. Delve into your friendships. Don't just, how you doing? You have lunch? Thank you. Oh, oh, the, the
2: conversation. Like if your friend is canceling on lunch a lot or is not returning yes. your calls, send him another text and say hey what's going on is there yes. something going on with you like really keep in touch with your friends and I know that you're really good at this too Michelle because you know when Michelle went through her divorce she said it was her friends that saved her per that's se, right from the I despair mm-hmm. that she felt yeah. and so We've got to, um, when you know something's off, and you know we felt it in our gut, and we're too lazy sometimes to like, oh, I don't know if I want to open that can of worms. Right. You know, open the can of worms, you jerk, because you want somebody to do it for you when you don't feel good. And we need to be there for our friends. Take the time.
1: You know, Angie, you and I have a a friend in common who uh, was on this show, uh, Carrie Conley, and Mm -hmm. she talked about uh, the the suicide passing of her husband, which happened about three years ago, and then a year and a half later, or, uh, almost two years later, uh, her, her son, son in his 20s. Uh, did the exact same thing, oh, and boy. and I could give you ten thousand reasons why neither of these two men—I mean, their faith it was deep, oh, and, and I boy. mean, involved in the church. There's no skeletons in the closet, none. And and I mean, I could it was give just you full
2: on depression. It was
1: full on depression. depression, and and yeah. you know, oh. it's a topic that we need to talk about. It's something that we need to go the extra mile on. And if you know, if you have to ask the question, why is somebody kind? Then uh, grab that next person and say, I need a hug. Right. right, And
2: I want to give a suicide hotline because we've been talking about depression this yeah. week and taking the stigma off it, not being embarrassed. Reach out to a friend, call someone, get professional help. If you're embarrassed to go into the um, the office, you, a lot of these therapists now will do like a Skype call with you or a phone call with you. And the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255. Because I'm just really... I, the time to get rid of the stigma and the embarrassment of coming out about depression, it's its time.
3: It's time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting because the uh, the day that I, uh, on Saturday when I posted that message about me coming out with having depression uh, or living with depression is uh, I, I had game night with a bunch of my girlfriends and we were playing um a really fun game. Anyway, it's not, it's not we, that oh, drunk bunko people play. my play Cards Against played. Humanity. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if i just that's say even, that on the show. Wait, is, okay.
2: that a, is that a naughty one? <laughs> it's, it's a naughty yeah, show.
1: I naughty mean, on. I've heard. <laughs> that's what I've heard.
2: You can clean it up because <laughs> I played it with Michelle's friends before, and I, I did the clean <laughs> they, they version. They pulled
3: out three quarters of, of the there's deck. a good news yeah. version of
6: Cards Against Humanity. Yes, the good news for Humanity. Oh, wow.
2: Okay, there's a lot of laughter. You laughed so hard. I couldn't my
3: myself. Sorry, Eric funny like, i didn't sorry eric so i'm like ah, i'm out i'm out I'm <laughs> i
2: not
4: am playing dying that you said oh, that, I I know. So we, that you we got a couple of
3: rounds in and my post came up and um surprisingly enough again a couple of women who i would have never thought said we're going through and then all a lot of my friends are single and have never been married like myself don't have kids we have animals those are our kids so then the conversation went Completely in all these different directions, which was really great because the because you'd was opened able up about to, depression, your yes. friends at the
2: event opened up about their depression, yes. and the conversation went where there,
3: it, it went right down it. it it went down a really wonderful hole—not even a, a rabbit hole. It went up, good, you know, into good. an inspiring. We're here for you. Into a rainbow. Into a rainbow. A double rainbow. I can use naughty card <laughs> so games. now we all know huh? that, and huh? we're not all like best friends. We're just good game playing, you know, hang know. out, go to parties together. So it, it, it the, the yes, the conversation is exactly what I, I wanted to have happen. I just didn't know it would happen so soon, and I certainly didn't know that a string of posts 183 posts and they're still coming and some people are sharing now literally sharing that, uh, that, well, it wasn't a meme, but that statement that I had put on there
2: as yeah, well, about, that image about
3: coming out with depression.
6: I yeah, we, we you mean, had and two Michelle had never have...
2: met in person until this week and she shared yes. it in her divorce group. Oh I yeah. Know. That's just I beautiful. shared your post and I shared another one where another friend was, uh, talking to people about something similar. He didn't have depression, but he was saying, you know, Check on your friends. Just check on people. Yes. And say, what can I do for you? Can I do yes. anything for you? Like, how are you doing? Because a lot of have coffee? not
4: even to ask the question, what can I do for you? Because people, my age, people don't will not answer. answer you. No, yeah. they don't. So therefore, you just pick up lunch or yes. you pick up a go to their house and you go. And by the you way, do. those
1: are not called random acts of kindness; those are called intentional. Good. Yep. acts of kindness. Right. I love that. Right?
3: By the way, Random Act of Kindness Day is February 17th. All right. Oh, good to You know. You go. I, to I and There's on, also a week of it. In
4: response to what you were talking about earlier, because you said your mom is in a different generation. She's 82. Yeah, she's 82. And that's where my generation is. And so you, we didn't come from that. Now, I oh. fortunately lived and was blessed with a mom that did everything and so That's i didn't terrible. have that but i know <laughs> i mean when you watch old tv shows and and all of that that was not what you did you kept it That's to yourself right. You, you Keep didn't, right. Oh right oh my
2: my I, my, I, my my fa- my in-laws uh, she's old school italian and it's like to even say that oh anything's boy. going on you know, like yeah. no way, and even my um, my aunts and uncles on my dad's side they don't talk about any of the bad stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Like it is just they like, sweep it underneath. Yeah, just, no, there's
3: no need. Right. Well, and interesting because I had said earlier on that I was actually nervous, so I actually that your mom I prepped would my see brother it. and I prepped my mother, um, and I sent a text and said. I'm going to post just so you know that I have depression. I'm not even sure if my brother actually knew quite frankly, but I, I prepped them and my mom didn't answer. And then I post and then the next day I'm, I'm, coming after church and I'm talking to my mom, she's not saying anything. And then it wasn't until yesterday that she said, oh, I was just sleeping all weekend. I read your post and it was beautiful. And I'm so glad you, you did that. were worried. I you... was worried about the judgment, my right. own mother. And then people in your family
2: yes. said it runs in the family and yes. it was a secret.
3: And here she was. Well, Barbara, you know, I had to go on a few uh, pills when I had certain things happen in my life. I which I know you. about. Yes. No, I knew that. Okay. But I didn't know that till later in life. Okay. So, yes, you're right.
1: right. You know, and the other thing that we need to, to remind ourselves is that sometimes when we send out a text and nobody replies, um, we think the worst.
3: Right. Life's That's busy. So it's not Life's funny. Life's busy. I
1: you know, sometimes yeah. it just can't get back to you. And, and sometimes, it is kind of funny. Though sometimes I don't it. even see it.
5: Right. right? Yeah. So, you know
3: what my brother sent, by the way? It's sent. thumbs up. <laughs> you
6: know? Oh, my God. That's it's my both. older
3: brother. Yep. Like, you know, so way to go, little sis. Classic. <laughs> I know. Empathy All right. on steroids. All
2: right. So let's um, kind of, everybody comes in, and it's like friends having coffee on the good news. The good news team just volunteers their time to come in and discuss life and hopefully give you some hope and uh, take that stigma today, again, off of uh, a depression. Barbara, you have an event for women over 40 to kind of restart I their do. lives. And when's that?
3: And it's, where? it's March 21st through the 23rd. Tickets are on sale now. It's, it's uh, secondactbizcon.com. It's going to be at the Art Hotel, and we have amazing speakers. My goodness. From Entrepreneur Magazine, Amy Cosper will be there. She's the former VP and, and, and Editor-in-Chief. We have Trip and, the Vice President of Global Communications, TripAdvisor, who's coming in from New York City. She actually was... Uh, is. It, it, she was at Ground Zero, basically, and so she's got a really great story wow. to share. And
2: all of your events are ah. wonderful, so check that out. Eric, your PR company.
1: PRmediacoach.com. He
2: also builds websites and fixes websites. Michelle Betts, your Castle Real Estate, and Michelle Ron, speaker, Miss Senior America 2004. How do people find you?
4: Michelle at michellearon.com
2: All right, you can always go to my website, angieaustinradio.com.
0: Jane. You call them and
1: they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big, medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a
2: small, big, medium. Yes, they'll ma'am. bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the
1: number? 303-238-Jane. Yeah, they
2: bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-Jane. Yes, 303-238-Jane. Yes, ma'am. 303-238-Jane. ArcDrift.org. Does cool. uh, Arc make you feel special?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I thought so. The are
0: special. ArcDrift.org. As dot are org. you, ma'am. As are you.
2: Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I
0: love arc. Mountaineering Weekend is back at the YMCA. YMCA of the Rockies will hold its fourth annual Mountaineering Weekend February 15th to the 18th. Recently named Best Family Resort in America by USA Today's 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards, YMCA of the Rockies is located on over 800 acres with three sides bordering Rocky Mountain National Park, providing the perfect landscape for outdoor enthusiasts and their families and dogs to explore mountaineering. The mountaineering weekend features educational sessions on winter survival tips and mountaineering skills like avalanche awareness, beacon rescue searches, orienteering, and the best first aid backcountry you'll also meet real search and rescue dogs and learn from their handlers how they use their keen skills to locate missing hikers you'll get to explore a snow cave attend a sled dog presentation while meeting the pups all mountaineering weekend activities are fun and engaging for all ages and all mountaineering weekend activities are free for guests staying in the lodge rooms or cabins book now at ymcarockies.org
5: Hello, hello. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie right now. Um, This is actually going to be a brand new segment that we're going to have on the good news. Um, I'm going to be able to sit. A lot of times Angie can't be here for when we can schedule these special authors that we think our listeners, you guys, are all going to be very, very interested in. So we're going to set up a new style of segment where we get to talk to these authors, we get to tell you about their books, we get to actually dig real deep into their ideas so that you get a really good idea about what they do and why you want the book. And this book in particular that we're talking about today is really going to be a great book. I think everyone's going to be very interested in this. We're going to be talking to Michael Grady and about his book called Making God Part of Your Family. And it's something that that not as many people focus on anymore. It's a, something that even people that go to church every week, even people that 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 are devout to Jesus and to the teachings of Jesus, and they listen to their pastor every week, they just don't read the Bible anymore. And Michael Grady is here. He's going to be telling us about how some people don't read the Bible, particularly young people don't read the Bible as much as they used to. Even older people don't read the Bible as much as they used to. And it's Michael's mission to get people to start reading the Bible every single day, and he's got special messages, and he thinks he can help you connect your life to every story in the Bible. Isn't that right, Michael? Thank you for being on the show today.
7: Thank you very much, and you're absolutely right. What a great introduction to what I am trying to accomplish with my ministry, is uh, to get the people to read the Bible together, Uh, Read it on their own, but even read it together as a family. Uh, So that that is absolutely true, and I do hope that I can change that concept of people to more enjoy the Bible and to have a better understanding of it.
5: Right, right. And and before we get really started into these ideas, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how this passion grew in you?
7: Okay, absolutely. Uh, My name is Michael Grady. I have been uh, uh, in the business world for over forty years. I was a CPA. And uh, did a lot of major consulting. Uh, my passion though was—I always felt like I was in the full-time ministry, even though uh, I was in the business world—and uh, always wanted to be active in my church. And uh-huh. my, my Bible goes about times. Go back to when I was five years old. My mother started telling me the Bible stories, and I enjoyed them. And when I was twelve, she taught me into—I uh, I, I actually did the Gettysburg Address. Uh, at church for a visiting pastor and uh, he had some children's bibles there afterwards and i said mother get the prize could i get that uh, children's bible and she said yes under one condition you agree to read it every day well i was one of those unusual ones that i took her up on that and didn't (laughs) read the bible most every day since 12 years old Uh, then when i was 17 my mother said all right you've read the bible now it's time to study it and she gave me a book by M.R. DeHaan, who started the Radio Bible Class now, the Daily Bread Ministries. And uh, it was, the name of it was Portraits of Christ in Genesis. And since I already liked the Old Testament, I thought that was tremendous. But he just opened my eyes to how the Old and the New Testament were tied together, and God's plan was there from the very beginning. And I got excited about it and wanted to start sharing it. and Even at an early age, even in my early 20s, I started teaching uh, and found out that people didn't read the Bible and weren't as interested in it as I was. And over the years, I've taught both 8- to 12-year-olds for over 30 years and adults for over 30 years. And neither side seems to want to spend the time reading the Bible. So I asked them why, and the answer was very consistent. I can't understand it. It's boring, and the Old Testament's not relevant. And I felt like I could change that perception. So uh, that's how my book got started, is to try to make uh, the, the story. I'm retelling the Old Testament stories, trying to make them more engaging, easier to understand. And each story, I point out how relevant they are to our daily lives. And I point out scriptures to how they tie the Old and New Testament together. A so, long answer to your question, but I'm but no, excited about That's uh, exactly what
5: you actually you mentioned something in there, and you mentioned the difference between reading and studying the Bible, which I think is a very important distinction for people. Um, when I was a kid, I actually had a children's Bible, but it was all illustrated with bunnies and stuff, and it was like told this weird version of the Easter story, and and it wasn't exactly teaching about the Bible. I just kind of overviewed what the Bible's story was. And I think that until you really study what's in the Bible, it's very, very difficult to connect your life, everyday life here in two thousand eighteen to the old testament, to the story, even the story of Easter.
7: Absolutely. And and, I think we underestimate what children can do. That's why I've written this book on an adult level because most most of our Bible story books or whatever are either written on a children's level or written to uh, are, are too detailed, and so what I wanted to do is write an adult book, but had a family flavor to it, so that the children, if the parents read it to the children, particularly eight to twelve year olds, they could understand it. I know that they can because I've been teaching them for thirty years, and we underestimate what they can solve. Now, granted, the adults will get something different out of some of the stories than the children, but that's what every time I read the Bible, I find something even different. So that's not unique. And um, But I felt like it needed to be engaging, uh, and so that I wanted to make it conversational. So each of the stories are conversational so that it would, as you read it, you begin to talk about it. But I also wanted to try to keep them short. If you just read through it, it's 15 minutes. If you uh, take the time to talk about it like I did with my grandchildren when I started doing it with them, it would take 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, so you can choose either one. If you really want to get into it, I actually have a subtitle. I call the book Making God Part of Your Family because I want the families to read it together. Um, But I have a subtitle, The Family Study Bible, because at the end of every uh, chapter, I have all the scriptures that i tied in to make the Old and New Testament tie together and point out how relevant they are. So you can really go look up all the scriptures and make it a true Bible study.
5: That's amazing. There's so many facets to the way that you wrote this book and your focus of it. Um, one thing I'm sure you you kind of touched on it just now, but one thing um, that I'm sure you talk about in the book that I haven't got to is sometimes showing my family the Bible, kind of connecting the stories of the Bible to our everyday lives and kind of keeping it involved. It can feel a lot like homework. I'll tell you, sometimes it can feel like i it's a chore and it's difficult to keep people focused. Now, besides keeping them short, what other ways have you done uh, in this book? Can you maybe talk about some of the things that you've done to make it so that we can all find those important things, we can keep focused so that we find all those important things, those new things that we, re- that we see each time we read a different book of the Bible?
7: Right, wonderful point. What I tried to do is ask questions in the middle of the story so that and make them relevant to our daily lives, so that it was not be just a story, although I think the stories are interesting in and uh, of themselves. But if you begin to point out how it can relate to you, and ask those questions, it was amazing when I sat down and read it with my granddaughters. I wasn't two or three paragraphs in before they were starting asking questions. Now, it was hard to get them to sit down and read it with me, but once I got them to sit down, we had a great time because it was an opportunity to uh, to bring up subjects that might not be so easy to bring up. Uh, except, you know, the Bible covers a lot of different subjects, and not all of them are pretty. Uh, there's times I had one pastor tell me he read it with his grandchildren. He had two grandchildren that were the same age, 13, and they were talking about it. And one of them said, well, you know, this is not relevant to me and to us. And the other one picked up and said, yes, it is. You remember how you treated me the other day? That's exactly what this story is (laughs) about. So it, it, it stimulates the discussion. My point is, and I apologize for going on, but to stimulate the discussion, and and what I try to do is make some small, thought-provoking doses. There are points there that I love bringing out that nobody had ever seen before. Uh, And I'll give a point or two if you'd like for me to, to just to show you that there are things when you read it, you say, wow, I would have never understood that. Never would have seen that uh, together. That's Actually, I was
5: going to tie two questions together to get you to start doing that. First, um, one of the questions that, that I have here is... It's you know, well, I've been asked this before: is like, why in the Bible are is it all parables and imagery and symbols? Why couldn't some of the Bible be direct? Like, hey, this is it. Um, and I'm. I hope you have an answer for that. But then also, what are some ways, for example, that you can use these stories in the Bible to connect us to them today?
7: Absolutely, I, I do. I do believe God chose. Jesus said he chose to speak in parables. Some of them are mysteries, and I acknowledge that they're mysteries, but I think they're mysteries because we see everything from the world standpoint, and the world standpoint is not God's standpoint. And God actually, I believe, told these stories so that us simple-minded folks and looking at it from God's perspective would have a vision that he would reveal to us if we took the time to look at it. So the world's wisdom is what confuses us rather than God's wisdom, and I think that God's chosen to, to make them, Uh, For those that are foolish, wise, and those who are wise, foolish, uh, by giving us these words in, in parable form. But I also think that on the other side of your question, is that I think sometimes when they tell stories, they're easier for us to get the connection. We can relate it to our lives. And like Jesus taught in parables, I believe, while I believe these stories are history, I believe God chose each of these stories to teach us something to help us point out how either we can live our lives better or how it's part of his plan of salvation. What better way when uh, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son? Uh, was that not just a beautiful picture of what God was one go- going to do with his son? And I'm I, I just amazed that he would put that story in there. Uh, and But when you're trying to read that story, God's got so many details, more than just that major picture, uh I point out in that story there's just detail after detail that shows that God will says, I've got a plan and Jesus is gonna come to save you one day and here's how that plan's gonna come and I try to point that out without trying to you don't have to be a theologian to do this. I it's I will say that this because I'm a layman, I tried to write it on a layman's terms. But it doesn't mean it's not deep and it doesn't mean that it doesn't have thought provoking things that will help us understand God better.
5: Right. Uh, so that's a great point. So everybody, uh, this is the good news with producer Dave today. <laughs> and I'm sitting in for Angie Austin. I'm talking to author Michael Grady. He wrote the book, Making God Part of Your Family. And it's a, so it's a study guide slash really great way, very approachable way to look at the Bible and to get people more interested in reading it. Now, Michael, you've mentioned that, younger people in particular you mentioned in your notes that millennials in particular aren't reading the bible now is do, is anything other than just kind of a disconnect to it i mean some of these millennials go to church every week but they're still not reading the bible and you say your book can help them do that how do you think that can work
7: i think, well i will tell you as a testimony from the i also teach a 20 20 to 30 year old class uh, each week tonight, on every monday night and what One of the surprising things, even though I wrote it primarily for the family, I wanted any adult to read it that didn't know the Bible. And they're telling me, finally, I get what the Old Testament's about. I get what God's trying to get message he's trying to get across to us. Um, and so I think that is what I'm I'm hoping will come out of this. Um, I've forgotten exactly what your specific question was uh, on that <laughs> point, Well, I was I, just I wondering how
5: something in your book... That you can point to that maybe you'd want to reveal to somebody as to what they can tell their millennial friend or nephew or cousin or whoever, why they could read the Bible and what they can get out of it, and how they can get your book to help them connect their own lives to the Bible.
7: Well, and I thank you for repeating that. (laughs) Uh, One thing I think the reason they don't read it is because their parents didn't read it. And the parents don't think it's important. And church is not important as much as it was anymore. So while they go to church, they might go once a week or just to go listen. And nobody's given them that foundation that the Bible is the Word of God. And if you can understand and get them to challenge them to read it and see if it's not the Word of God, if God would speak to you on an individual basis, and I believe that's what he does through the words, because sometimes he'll speak to me In one passage, and tell somebody else something different from that same passage, but always consistent with him. And I believe that if they really understand that this is God's word, it would change their life to read it. And my book is trying to help them, guide them to doing those things. One of my one of my favorite stories is the story of Joseph, the coat of many colors. He did everything right, and he still got into trouble. Uh, He was the favorite son, and so maybe he was a little bit boastful in that regard. But he was the favorite son, got sold into slavery, shouldn't have ever happened. But what did he do? He made the best of his circumstances. He was going to be the best slave he could, and he was rewarded with that for a while. But you know, sometimes in life, everything doesn't work out the way we want it to. And Joseph did everything right, and what did he do? His reward was getting thrown into the dungeon. And when he was in the dungeon, instead of giving up and complaining and grumbling, He said, I'm going to be the best person in jail that can be. And so he was able to get out of the jail and work and and serve in the prison. And, you know, 13 years later, one day he woke up and he was the prime minister. Well, wake up. He one day let out of jail (laughs) and became the prime minister of Egypt, the greatest country in the world at the time, uh, because he was faithful to do God, to do what God had called him to do. He had had a vision from God, and he believed that vision. And I believe that what happened was, if he had not been working so hard during those years of slavery and in years of Dungeon, he wouldn't have been ready to be Prime Minister. You wouldn't think living in Dungeon could prepare you, but if you could work with those people, you could work with anyone. Right. And when he came back, I think what what a wonderful relevance that is to our lives. If we could have that attitude, how it would change how we deal with things. But you know there's something even bigger This talk well, in that story is that Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. And one day he saved those same brothers that sold him into slavery. Isn't that a picture of what Christ has done it for us? It certainly
5: is. It certainly is. The it same people is. that
7: sold Jesus into the cross saved him. What God, what man meant for evil, God meant for good is what that story? kind of what Joseph tells his brothers when he says why he bothered to save them. So I think those that would if that can't get you excited, I don't know what <laughs> right. well,
5: I tell but, you what, I can hear I the passion okay. in your voice. I can I can feel uh, how this book will will speak to people and get people that don't read the Bible to read the Bible I one of the notes that I have here is that spending time with your family and putting God first will create a richer family life it'll make you more peaceful it'll bring you closer to God it'll bring you closer to your family and I think that's something that everyone can get out of this book no matter how old you are no matter what your age no matter how big your family is now everybody I'm talking to My- Michael Grady he wrote the book making God part of your family uh, we only have about a left. Michael, can you tell us how we can get this book, where we can get it, and then maybe what's next for you? Uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again here on The Good News.
7: I'd love to. Uh, yes, you can get, the, uh, get it through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of the major bookstores, and the Christian bookstores, I and mean, a lot of the Christian bookstores have it. Uh, I have a website, www.michaelgrady.org. Uh, you can order the book um, by going to my website, uh, they are uh, emailing me at michael at michaelgrady.org uh, All those places will, will get you uh, to the book And uh, yes, I actually do This first book is the first five books of the Bible uh, Tomorrow I have a conversation with my publisher uh, he, I am submitting the final manuscript to Volume 2 um, I've already started working on Volume 3 uh, That will get me through the Old Testament So this will get, get you all the way through but what a wonderful message that that God reveals to us through those first five books of the Bible, and and I, I believe people will will really change their lives because it just it's God's word. It's not mine. It's God's word. All up, He just gave me the the privilege and the pleasure of uh, of sharing what He shared with me and putting it down on paper. I did have one of my twenty year olds tell me we're talking about the Passion. She said, "You know, I'm reading the book and." Michael Grady's coming out every time I see you teaching right in there. <laughs> so well, hopefully some of that passion got into the book to help people understand it and, and read it together. Thank you so much for the time.
5: Right. Thank you so much, Michael Grady. And everybody, go get this book. It's a great book, Making God Part of Your Family. You can find it at michaelgrady.org. You can find it on Amazon. It's going to help so many people. Thanks again, Michael. And uh, we'll be right back with more good news.
2: and arcdrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcdrift.org, shopping with a purpose.
0: I love
8: Arc. Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a good news listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks that's rejuvenationontherox.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal.
2: Welcome back, Angie Austin here. How would you like to get inspired and maybe a little more, I mean, extra love for Valentine's Day? And who better to inspire us than Chassie Post? Chassie's a celebrity stylist, a network TV correspondent, and lifestyle editor. Welcome, Chassie.
8: Hi, thanks so much for having me, Angie.
2: You're welcome. Well, who doesn't want to inspire a little more love? And I have to be honest, I'm not very inventive when it comes to gift gifting, so gift giving. So I'm all, I'm all in on this one.
8: I know. I love it when someone can just tell me what to get. I, I tell you. So, uh, you know, we've tried to, to do the heavy lifting so you guys don't have to think too hard. I think we've got some good ideas. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, first of all, people always say, oh, you know, what do I get for Valentine's Day? I'm, I'm a little intimidated and that's, that's understandable i mean i guess a lot of people think um oh it's got to be extravagant like that time when you know jay-z gave beyonce her own island and i think you know these are these expectations uh you know we don't always have to shoot for i mean i really believe in i don't know if if you think this as well but my favorite gifts i've ever gotten were just things that were thoughtful that i could tell that someone thought about me so it really is the thought that counts
2: I agree Chassie and, and I could barely keep my house clean so I could never keep an island clean. <laughs>
8: right. The pressure. <laughs> the pressure. But um I I really also love a personalized gift. And I think that's really special. And um, I like the idea of giving the gift of memories, you know, for Valentine's Day. And I think your listeners are really going to love these. We've got these adorable custom photo magnets that you can actually create in minutes at your local Kodak picture kiosk, which, you know, you can find at CVS or Target. And it's really so easy and unique. Um, all you do is, you know, you can select images from your phone, a USB, um, digital camera card, and... Um, You can also, actually now through Valentine's Day, you can get 25% off the magnets at any Kodak picture kiosk. So I love them because you can personalize them with custom texts and borders. And, you know, with personalized gifts, you think somebody's been planning them for months, but this really takes minutes. So you can just scoot in a CVS or Target, go to the Kodak picture kiosk, walk out of there with a personalized gift. So that's pretty cool.
2: I love that because that's great. And I do a lot of that stuff for the grandparents, but we also... Yes. do tons of them on our fridge so we have the kids are oh, up to middle yeah. school now elementary and middle school so we've got you know pictures of them on magnets from you know early ages on up Aww, so i love that idea because right? it, it's fun to go to the fridge
8: <laughs> i know right i love that too um i think you know when you start thinking about romance though um we have we have i think wine helps with that right and um why not celebrate your love this Valentine's Day with America's favorite semi-sweet, semi-sparkling wine, Stella Rosa. That puts a little fruity twist on your sparkling wine and uh, they really also can make delicious cocktails. So you can find some fun recipes for cocktails like Love Stella and Chocolate Strawberry at uh, StellaRose.com.
2: You know, two of the other uh, you know, items besides wine that are also popular, I think that we hear a lot about, if maybe you can put a twist on you know candies big and flowers always huge right
8: yes always um well, you know now that we mentioned candies and flowers you know the, the standby um i have a, an idea that's a little bit outside of the box but would be most appreciated i mean studies show that sleeping in the same bed is really important for couples But it's also really important to get a good night's sleep. So why not give the gift of more space in bed for Valentine's Day? And um, Mattress Firm is really obsessed with helping shoppers find the best bed at the best value. And now through February 18th, they are having this incredible sale. So you can get a king size bed for the price of a queen and a queen size bed for the price of a twin. Plus they've got free adjustments Base with a purchase of five hundred and ninety nine dollars, and those bases are really a game changer. You're really never going to want to get out of that bed. I'm telling you. So, um, you know, this is kind of a an idea that you may be giving it to your Valentine, but you're also giving it to yourself. It's a gift that uh, keeps giving back. Well,
2: I, I like that idea too because um, we we recently got a new one. It makes a big difference, big time. Right. And I'm not a, I'm personally not a big fan of flowers cuz within a week they're gone and I the last thing I need is to not fit in my pants so I don't I always tell my husband right. don't get me chocolate so since we did just get in bed <laughs> I, I can attest I can attest to that it, it makes a big difference just if you get Doesn't good sleep it? the quality of your life is better Are we have time for it one more It really
8: does. Oh great so you know tech gifts are always a hit and i think you guys are going to love this super fashionable tech wearable it's called the garmin viva move hr and with the Vivo Move HR, you do not have to sacrifice style to get all the wellness and connected features of a smartwatch. So, by combining Garmin's expertise in wearable technology with beautiful metal finishes and styling band colors and materials, the Vivo Move HR takes you from the gym to the boardroom to happy hour without missing a beat. Plus, it is gorgeous. I mean, it looks like a classic timepiece, but it has a hidden touch screen display, giving you all the features of a smart watch.
2: Excellent. All right, we're going to go for more info, Chassie.
8: Well, head on over to tipsontv.com, and thank you so much for having me. It's so great talking to you.
2: You bet. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks, Chassie.
8: Same to you. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin.
7: Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.